the afro. And I'm the eye. It's afro and the eye. Ooh, yeah. back again. We have returned. It's, I think that will stay as an intro once we make it better. Well, I think that's going to be a permanent thing where we just do that awkward no, at the end. We keep on with it. Firstly, we, it was you. <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> we're not, we're not. What, what are we? Well, you know, this was impromptu and unexpected. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Maybe, yeah, yeah we're never going to have scripted episodes because that would just be boring, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. Straight anyway, yeah. Anyway, what are we talking about today? Today I mean, is, I know, is but... well, you know, because you came up with it, so you might as well introduce <laughs> it. Uh, we're, we're looking at genre? Genres. Yeah. Loads of genres. Why is it always a question? <laughs> <laughs> Everything's always a question. It's always that's, like... That's always a question. We're looking at first consoles? Yeah, yeah first consoles. Console. Game soundtracks? Yeah, game, game soundtracks. soundtracks. Yeah. See, that's more of an opening <laughs> than anything else. That's constant in these in these things. What? Your constant <laughs> confusion? Your constant confusion and questions. That's how you can tell you're listening to us. When you, we obviously just don't know what we're doing, isn't it? <laughs> maybe. Maybe yeah. on episode what, it's six, six now. It's, it, that's when we realise. We have no idea just what we're doing. It's <laughs> like, you know, it's like, we're in too deep. <laughs> We've got to keep going, guys. It's like that meme with like, you know, that, um, you know, eggplant. Like in amongst the Pepsi bottles that had the Pepsi label on it, go like you know, day twenty six. They still haven't figured out a one of But slowly the label is peeling off. Yeah, from just and the... someone from a vegetable aisle is slowly just looking over. Yeah, a little bit more each day. Exactly. Yeah. Basically, um, yeah. Eggplants. Eggplants, because you know, welcome to the Afro and the Eye Cooking Podcast. Yeah, we're not a cooking podcast. No, Don't worry. No way. No yeah. way. But yeah. I mean, I make some good chicken, but that's that's a separate thing. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, we're, we're talking about game genres mm. today. And we're um, just going to, I guess, have a look through kind of the sort of ones that we're most interested in and maybe have a chat around about that and the ones which maybe we don't like so much. I'm going to start off, um, okay. at least with most of them, I'm not a big fan of most FPSs. Yeah, I can agree with this. I've tried. I've, I've tried as well. There are some, admittedly, that I find quite good. Like, I would classify, like, Fallout as an FPS RPG. And I quite like it because of that. But I'm not sure whether I like the other elements of it. But then I play things like maybe Call of Duty and so on. And I just find them a bit boring okay. now, compared at least compared to what they used to be. Like I didn't mind, like, um, first-person shooters, which is what FPS stands for, just in case you're thinking, why are they talking about frames per second? <laughs> yeah, um, I did quite enjoy Rainbow like Six. I my life in stills. Yeah. Don't like frames per second yeah. at all. No, they're, they're always just, who likes frames per second? We're audio. <laughs> yeah. No, if, I quite liked Rainbow Six Vegas 2 on the PS3. That was good as uh, an FPS. Yeah. I quite liked that because it was still adventure and it had like some sort of good story amongst it. But then I've played like a few Call of Duties and I just find them a bit samey. The one thing I do like, um, out of the little bit of the little bit of trying the Call of Duty games, is um, some of them have the, the zombie modes mm. where you go in. It's just like respawns to zombies, and you have to just keep going. Um, and they spend time like breaking through things, and those those modes are really really fun um, because they're usually like you're you're playing with friends, you're on, online or in the room together. Um, but then they sort of ruin that because I think 
with one of the other ones, they took that feature out or they put it in, but not with the local multiplayer. Mm-hmm. So you had to play it online. And then I was just like, you've, you've lost, lost me completely. Um, and then the single player campaigns have no interest in. They're just, they're not very long. Mm-hmm. It's all the same. Yeah. I don't really see how you can differentiate between one Call of Duty game and the next. So, and, and also, so. what definitely is not a reason that I kind of don't like them that much is because I'm just horrendous at them when it comes to online play. That's definitely, definitely not a reason why I don't Oh like yeah, them. no, I, I would be great if I only just decided to buy the game. <laughs> I would be I, terrible. I would be good, however I don't like them, so I don't put the time into being good. It's definitely not because I'm a talentless hack when it comes to FPSs at all. The thing that makes me really, really sad is that the concept of Star Wars Battlefront mm-hmm. is incredible, but I just won't be able to play it because I feel like I need like a, a, a big TV where I can see everything really clear because it like, kind of on the screen so I can actually have a chance and then I also have to be good. Yeah. <laughs> and neither of those things exist right now. Exactly, yeah. But the concept of Star Wars in a game actually makes me want to play it a little bit more. Yeah. So, mm. I don't know. That one seems... Yeah. That one seems the best out of the bunch. Maybe. Although, what is it? Time, sli- time Splitters? Never played it. Okay. No, that was good. Time splitters and things like, you know, GoldenEye and stuff. Like yeah, that. GoldenEye. I spent loads of time sure. playing all those sort of things. Mm-hmm. But it's just like the current ones. Although GoldenEye I don't really classify anymore because when going back and playing it, you had no control over the guns anyway. No, <laughs> it, was quite, it was quite bad. Like, it, was, it, was, it was okay. It, it was a cool game. I just, if anything, for me, I just found, because I actually played it, um, like controller in hand and everything like when it was quite recent and i just mm. find that the controls were quite bad yeah compared to using a mouse and keyboard i just i think the biggest thing is a lot of the time the reason i might not like fps is because i haven't played fps's on a pc um, or even a mac yeah. with a mouse and a keyboard it's always been with a controller and to an extent it seems like a controller maybe isn't the best um way to be able to get the precision. experience and precision yeah. that you'd need to be able to play those sorts of games it's it's a thing of like i think i was okay at things like goldeneye but then i realized at a later date that it was more because i play played things like goldeneye in a similar way that i played things like laser quest and laser tag which is with little skill and just running directly up to the person so mm-hmm. you're basically touching and they're pressing the shoot button <laughs> and, and then running away <laughs> And that works both in both of those scenarios. So, but it's and also the same thing with Goldeneye, which also works in Laser Tag and Laser Quest, is picking the short character both in real life and in the game really helps. And you don't have the option in Call of Duty, but your hitbox is a lot smaller to get, get, and that's that's good. That's quite funny, yeah. Well, if anything, you're quite interested. What's that ninja game that you were playing on your Mac? Oh, um... The Way Ma- of the Ninja? Mark of Ninja or something. Mark of yeah, Ninja? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, if anything, what I would suggest... I would kind of think that with that, a lot of games have kind of gone into that whole... It was an action-y sort of like... It's a stealth, um, stealth action sort of, sort of game. Thing, yeah. And it's, it's become kind of similar to what's existed like with a lot of previous games. And I think one of the first games to pave the way for it, everyone knows, was Metal Gear Solid. 
Of like course, the first of one. course that comes I'll in. always bring it back to it when I can do it. It's my favourite game ever. I'll likely reference it in another episode. Wink, wink, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, 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 I think if anything, like, firstly, just in general, that game was great. But having a game that was an action game that was almost actively discouraging you and punishing you for shooting, quite an interesting concept. Yeah. In that it was just more sweet. Well, you're not actually there to kill people. You're there to just like try and infiltrate and be as sneaky as you can do. See, whereas we were on two different sides of this because the other one of a similar setting and genre and everything was Splinter Cell. And that was the one that I played. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I remember before having one of the games, I had the demo disc and I played the same level again and again and again. Yeah, I loved it so much. <laughs> well, with Splinter Cell, yeah, it was different because it kind of focused a bit more on trying to find creative ways to assassinate people, mm. but was still quite stealthy. Yeah. And with like action stealth games, they're very interesting in how much they can vary. How they execute things, mm-hmm. yeah. Because some of them, like, for example, Metal Gear Solid 2, 3, 4, and then the other ones, um, <laughs> they focus a lot on having a good story, but then kind of getting you to be a bit more of a spy. Like, you have weapons, but you're better not to use them because you end up getting a quicker clear rate and you'll end up getting rewarded more for it and so on. But then there's other games like Hitman. I was going to say, well. that it's very similar to Hitman. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they're quite different in the fact that Metal Gear is a bit more actually, I'd say, almost. Um, I remember playing some of the previous Hitman games, um, PlayStation like 2 ones, and... Um, that was very, very heavily, like, you try and avoid any sort of conflict. Yeah. Like, it's taking it to the extreme. Absolutely. And it's, I think, if anything, it's quite an interesting way to make a game. Because when, especially when there's a lot of games that want violence to be the sort of, like, main forefront of their gameplay. And I'm not going to be the one that says, oh, violence is bad, you know, ah... All these kids playing violent games. I'm not one of those guys because I'm a normal Only person. Only farm simulators. Only farming sit. <laughs> Let's not get started on that yet. <laughs> <laughs> Only farm simulators around. No, I think it's quite good maybe even for a younger audience because then, obviously, even if a game was 18 or 15, you were younger than 18 or 15 playing it. Let's Everyone remembers playing GTA when they were like... <laughs> Five. But I right? played GTA Top Down when I was like easily like still wearing nappies. <laughs> but no, but it's 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 cool to see. Okay, well, there's still a level of responsibility that they want to share out overall. Like, even if you're an eighteen year old or so on, actually playing like the original Metal Gear Solid, you're looking at it going, okay, well, maybe shooting everyone isn't the best idea in the world because I just end up failing all the time. Let's try something that's a little bit more intelligent. It kind of gets you to think differently. Actually, when you look at some of the other games that use stealth elements as a way to kind of change your gameplay, it's actually found a lot in kind of horror-based things. Mm. So you were talking about that and how like the game is naturally trying to make you not want to go and attack things. Actually, the most current thing of that is something like Alien Isolation, where you spend the whole time like in stealth. And it's just kind of taking that element and just putting it to another another kind of gameplay style. 
I mean, it's still, it's still different. It's still, yet again, a game that you really give to your, like, 12-year-old. Um, and I think Unless those you games, really dislike them. You, you would never give a horror game to a 12-year-old. I, I remember that for a fact, because I remember playing the demo for Resident Evil 2 oh. as, yep, you guessed it, a child. Guess what game I hate. <laughs> um, Spyro. Oh, of course, everyone hates Spyro. Um, no, no, Resident yeah. Evil. I, I don't like horror games myself. No, but no. it's interesting that a lot of them are based around stealth and yeah. kind of avoidance of any sort of conflict. It's mainly to make you feel less powerful. But in something like MGS or Splinter Cell, it's actually using the stealth makes you feel super powerful. Absolutely. It kind um, of just makes you always feel like, well, these all of these guys are just stupid because yeah. they can't hear me and I'm right behind them. Yeah. No, no, no. But stealth, stealth games are super fun. Like mm. like you were saying, like Mark of Ninja. And that's a really nice one because it's it's all um, 2D, uh, kind of so side-scroller. And it's very methodical um, in the way that it does it. And so that's it, it almost kind of just brings it into a puzzle game, which is funny because I, I don't really like puzzle games. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that, that game is really super fun. I like pure stealth games. I do get a bit frustrated when they get difficult, but I do like that as a thing. Um, I guess because you don't need the quick reactions of a first-person shooter. Pretty much, yeah. Um, which is one of the things. Because I've seen you play it. You're actually pretty good at it, mm. but then you don't have to do millions of things at once. Correct. Yeah. And it's it's funny because you were saying how like most stealth games we've spoken about so far have kind of had like um, some sort of element of like 15, 18, Actually, and this segues onto one of my favourite like genres of games, one of the ones that I remembered, which I really, really liked, and partially for the stealth, um, but partially for the other realm of it, is Sly Cooper. It was a platform game. Oh, yeah, it had it little bits of little yeah. bits of stealth. Um, and it was around the time of, you know, all your Ratchet and Clanks, your, your Spyro, your Crash Bandicoot, all that sort of stuff. Out of all the games, I'm like, oh, yeah, I really love them. I can always jump in. I really love the platformers. Mm. It might be partially because some of them are a bit easier than others because, like, Spyro. Um, but equally, even things like Ratchet and Clank at the time, um, they got a little bit more tricky in some places. Ratchet and Clank was great. Yeah. I, I played really, all really three good. of them on the PS2, mm. and I've played the remake on the PS4 um, yeah. now. And it's been... It, it's, it's a really good franchise. The I think if... In, if anything, platformers I just love as um, games because they, they usually end up having the collector like style yeah, of gameplay. Um, like I played um, bits of Banjo Kazooie as well. That was good. That was great. Um, I haven't played Ukulele yet, which I know a lot of people are going to be like, wow, you're way late. Um, you're not missing a lot. Okay. <laughs> you're not. No, but I think, the, I think platformers I kind of miss. Because there aren't a lot of good 3D ones anymore now. Like, I think the last 3D platform I played that I really enjoyed was Super Mario 3D Land on the 3DS. And yeah. that was about it. And I haven't really played much otherwise. Like, 3D World I know was on the Wii U, but yet again, didn't have a Wii U. Well, it's interesting because some of them I'm like, oh, I love them, you know, like Spyro and stuff. But realistically at the moment, those previous Spyro games... If I were to go back and play them, it'd probably be because of nostalgia. Mm. I don't really think they would hold up if it was a new franchise right now, as in that original game coming out now, um, unless they were to revamp it. I'm playing Crash Bandicoot at the moment, and that's really great because it has a challenge, and that is nice. 
Although I think the challenge comes from all the extras that they put in yeah. about like time trials and stuff. Um, the the sort of ones that I think I would really have enjoyed actually now, as in if they were released now, would have been things like Ratchet and Clank because of all the guns and everything and that sort of things. And also, um, still the Jack and Daxter trilogy. Oh god, yeah, yeah. that would be great. Because it's it's things like it's things like um, Jack Two, which was my favourite one out of all of them. It was grown up enough. That I would have still enjoyed it now if it had not released before and it had only just released like today. And also because it was difficult enough. Like that game wasn't particularly easy near the end. Yeah. Um so it gave a challenge. And I, I don't know how I did it as a kid, but I did. And so things like that, and even things like Beyond Good and Evil and stuff, that would hold up for me now. Um, because of it more kind of grown up themes and stuff as well. Mm. Um, but I just think the reason why we're struggling with platformers at the moment is that they're they're appealing to a time where we had less scope for development options on mm. games, um, and we're more used to now open worlds and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But also because some of them are more, I guess, tend to be aimed at a younger audience, um, like ukulele. The reason why I said you're not missing much is because Banjo Kazooie we really enjoyed, um, but it's a lot of the same but I've noticed now the bits that have been ported across are actually annoying to me mm. so the funny little voices they're annoying yeah um, I get frustrated I have to mute them but like then that. I think if anything the issue is that there's a point of I think platformers could come back as games if there's a new take given on them and that's I think the issue is maybe that especially now they are aimed more towards kids but then at the same time there aren't really many properties that have lasted long enough that kids will actually recognise them. Like, the only properties that really exist are Sonic and Mario. Mm. And I guess, like, Mario Odyssey... Super Mario still Odyssey will still be a platformer. I think if, if Super Mario Odyssey brings back that sort of gameplay, even just, like, little bits and pieces from Super Mario 64, which I think is still one of the greatest games of all time, if it brings only, like, two-tenths of that back... It's a winner. Mm. But then yeah. you, you say that, but then we've had the new Ratchet and Clank like remake um, come out. And whilst that was good, even though it changed a few things, I don't really think like that's helped bring back the platformer as much as I think we all thought it yeah. might do. I don't think it did, because the biggest thing is that Ratchet and Clank and remakes in general are great for original fans. Yeah. Because it means that you can replay them in a new sort of way with new graphics, new gameplay and so on. But to people who are seeing it for the first time, it can almost feel not very creative because mm -hmm. they'll at least know that it existed beforehand. Yeah. So there won't really be a need for them to go out and actually get it, mm. which at least means that... it, Which begs the question of even, like, you know, the standard JRPGs, like, you know, the Final Fantasies and so on. We're now looking at a remake of Final Fantasy VII, possibly, yeah. episodic will that hold up with the changes that they're planning to make or will it kind of just be loved by fans and panned by everyone else? Yeah. Mm. So, question. What's, what's, <laughs> what's your thoughts on... Because it basically is just its own thing now. Open world as an idea. It's overused. Mm. It's really overused. Open world games, not a genre, but a a 
mechanic in enough games. It kind of is a genre. Okay, fair enough. I mean... It's kind of become that. Yeah. I think there's a problem with open world. And I think the problem with open world is that everything has been made open world. It's like it worked well with things like GTA because that's that was pretty much the premise of it from the start like even yeah. though the world sizes back in the 90s and early 2000s were small its premise was open world exploring a huge place there's no stages you just freely travel wherever you want after you've unlocked certain bits and pieces that was the entire premise of its gameplay i think the problem now is that for people to create a game that's longer, they feel it has to have an open world. Um, and as mm. much as I love this game, I kind of have to be mean to it a little bit in this regard. Zelda Breath of the Wild is an amazing game, <laughs> but why is the world so big and why is there not a lot to do on the main story? Like This is yeah. always the problem with mm. open The thing is, is this is funny because you've said the game's really amazing and you've given like a, a negative and I haven't played a lot of the game and I have a lot of issues with it but I'm yeah. going to say something good about the open world which is the one thing that I do really really like is that there's a there's an opportunity there where when you're travelling around and you see something in the distance if you go there there probably is something it's not going to be anything big but it's going to be something Yeah. and you can you can figure out where the stuff is via the actual map of the world. You don't need to follow markers. You can actually go, oh look, there's a mountain over there. I think there's going to be something up there because they've made it look beautiful and they've made it look interesting. And there probably is something. So that's to its merit, which a lot of games don't do. They have the big world and they have literally nothing or mm. they do the, the biggest issue that I have, which is, I guess like <laughs> the closest thing, it's going to sound really mean to everything that you do, but I don't mean it like that. But like the Ubisoft uh, syndrome, which is to put a tower and a marker and that sort of thing into the world. And a lot of games, even ones that I love, like the Batman sort of games and stuff, have started doing things like that. Mm -hmm. And that in itself isn't a problem, but it just makes every game feel really samey. Yeah. Um, and it means that the open world that they're trying to create and making this really individual kind of area just become the same. You're just going from one post to another post mm -hmm. and doing the same fetch quests. And so that's one thing that I think Breath of the Wild has over it, which is, okay, there's not a lot, like it's not big things, but you you can actually navigate the entire world without that. Yeah. And even though there are towers, they're not... They're yeah, not they're not the mandatory. Way. I mean, the with Breath of the Wild, and the reason I say that I think the open world just makes it feel bigger than it is, is because fast traveling is just so easy and can be done so quickly and becomes some... Once you've explored enough, becomes such a huge part of gameplay that it just becomes a little bit of a chore to explore and that's there there's times where that doesn't happen but there have been very rare times where it's happened and that's maybe possibly just me being very very nitpicky because yet again breath of the wild is a great game for so for me to say this is a negative is a big thing and it's not actually a huge problem this is me backtracking by the way but it's still something that exists. There are there are times where I've gone, oh, I have to go all the way over there. And I've just gone, sweet, I might as well just fast travel and then just like walk a little bit instead. That's always been a thing though, like Skyrim. Mm. You know, Skyrim, but you, you can't mention gaming without Skyrim because it's on everything now. And also um, Fallout, <laughs> yeah. Fallout 3. 
specifically yeah. and yeah. for yeah but i mean but i mean skyrim is literally on everything yeah so it is yeah <laughs> like it's going to survive longer than i will um i think it's the only thing that could survive in a nuclear holocaust yeah <laughs> funnily <laughs> is, enough more than fallout yeah no, but I think but, both, yeah. well, because both of them share the same gameplay style, it makes a lot of sense. But I think the biggest thing is with Fallout, it's like, oh, sweet. So you're going around a city and there are so many buildings that you can just randomly go into and you'll either find random NPCs, you'll find enemies or so on. So like, it's kind of a world that seems a bit fuller. Maybe it's just that I specifically prefer fuller worlds. Mm. That might be what's going on, which which would make perfect sense. I think another disappointment I had with like Breath of the Wild as an open world game is that there was no Hyrule Castle town that actually, you know, existed. Yeah, that's sad. Like it was just kind of semi-empty. That is uh, sad. But it's it's a it's a my these are both minor complaints. I would still say it's one of the best games I've played in quite a few years. Mm. Um but yeah, I think open world is quite it is overused a lot. Like yeah. for, for, as a prime example of how to do it almost right. GTA 5 doesn't necessarily have a map that feels the biggest. Like the city, I, I can explore the city in maybe around about half an hour to an hour-ish in terms of at least like driving through all the roads. And then the rest of it, like the northern parts, like Blaine County and so on, um, is quite kind of semi-empty with just like little bits and pieces in between. Mm. But there's quite a lot that goes on, a lot of random encounters that you'll find lots of cars that are still driving around, random missions that you may find. There's enough going on wherever you go that even when the emptier parts, there's still things that are happening that doesn't make it feel empty. Yeah. Um, that kind of makes it feel like you're a little bit more engaged and so on. Um, whereas with some open worlds, you'd want, you get something that's a little bit more um, empty and relaxing and chill and so on, right? And that may be, that's, probably the two types of open world that make sense is either make an open world that's quite engaging or make an open world that has bouts of things happening and then is very chill in between rather than what happens which is let's just spread everything out a bit more to make it longer in a which, lot of the bad open world games. which is interesting because i know that there's people that don't think this is so great but the the final fantasy games with um now with the kind of more open world it's not that open like it's a really linear game mm -hmm. but they've attached like this big world and you could say that's pointless and it's empty but when you think about final fantasy 13 or whichever and you remember how linear that was and running down corridors yeah i even though i usually i'm a bit like oh i don't like open worlds because i have to spend all the time doing all these little quests to open up little areas and stuff and i don't have time to play all these games that are like 80 hours long yeah um i i think like this Final Fantasy, absolutely love it. And I'd much rather that versus like corridors with lightning running down. Yeah, that would be... That'd hours be, and hours on end. That would be boring as, yeah. Um, but you're... I've, I've hardly ever played any of these, but you're quite a fan of uh, the, the genre that I don't understand, the roguelikes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very, very good at them. I'm not. Don't worry. <laughs> No, um, I mean, recently I've picked up... I've got three, I think, on the Switch now. Yeah. Because um, I have um, Gona, The Binding of Isaac, and Tumbleseed, which is mm. quite unique. Um, but yeah, I've, I quite like them. Um, I think, if anything, with these particular ones as well, what's good about them is that as well as being, you know, 
roguelike games that have stages and so on is that they are kind of semi-randomly generated using seeds and so on. So even when I die and I go all the way back to the start, I don't kind of feel annoyed because everything's kind of changed, except with some like boss battles and so on. But even then, it's like got a freshness to it. Mm. And it's it's quite good because with roguelikes, especially ones that give you the ultimate punishment of going straight back to the start, it almost just ends up being a whole bit of determination, just keeping going through. Filled with determination. Yeah, yeah basically. Just like continuously going through and just like shooting as you would and running as you would and hiding and so on um, to get to the end, just to see what there is at the end. And it's it's quite... I, I quite like that in a game. Like, is if you're going to have something that's completely linear, at least have something that's completely linear that still changes things up every so often. Would you say that roguelikes generally the the hours to complete the game, if you were really, really good, would be quite short? Um, and that the time is elongated via the challenge? Or... I think the time is is definitely elongated by the challenge, even with the easier, um, with the earlier, sorry, ones, like, um, you know, when you look at Diablo, you know, mm. the dungeon crawlers, um, when you look at uh, Blaze and Blade on the PS1 as well, yeah. um, a lot of it is based off of its challenge. They're really difficult games that you have to kind of understand and get good at. But mm. once you get good, then you're able to fly through them like nothing. Yeah. Um, and then they just become fun because then you're just challenging yourself rather than the game challenging you. So there's always some level of challenge because the game challenges you by going, hey, here's a gun, here's a dude, go ahead, you're dead, well done. But see, this is the <laughs> and difference. And you have to like time yourself quicker and quicker again. With, with something like Diablo, yeah. I see that as a very different style of game. To well, Diablo like, now. Yeah, yeah, to something like uh, Goner and everything. Because Diablo to me is like just a du- dungeon crawling game. But then because of the multiplayer and the, like, the seasons and stuff at the end of it, that's the bit where it's like, okay, once you've got good, yeah, you are running through like similar sort of stuff, but you've got that. Whereas with the roguelikes, I find it's more like a self-challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that puts me off a little bit. I get a bit more bored with that. I'm like, well, I, once I've completed the game, once I've got to the end credits, I'm like, cool, I've completed the game. Everything else is optional. <laughs> um, so it doesn't it doesn't suit me. Like, that style of game just doesn't suit me because I would complete the game once and be like, well, that's it then. Um, <laughs> and talking about the end credits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think our time's up, basically. Yeah, Yeah. it looks to be. Next time on Afro and the Eye, more drama. More rambling. More tension. More... Why? (laughs) Bye, guys. And with that, we shall bid you goodbye. Bye.